episode of the Ever Black Podcast is brought to you by Death Wish Hot Rods and Customs. Check out their Instagram for all their new t-shirts, caps, beanies, cups, and the all-new Atomic Death lineup. Hey, Ben, how are you? Good. Good to see you. Death to false metal. Yeah, wow. <laughs> how's, your, how's your day going, all right? Yeah, it's going well. Yeah, awesome. Awesome. Playing some shows and uh, getting out and about. Yeah, yeah. I had some shows uh, this last past weekend and just last couple of days just been chilling a little bit. Um, I have I have a couple like small improv things I'm doing this coming week, I guess, next week. Um, but uh, things are kind of mellow out right now for the rest of the year. So. Yeah, I guess you'd be winded down before everything kicks off next year, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, heaps of stuff on the way. I <laughs> know it's like even our calendar yeah. down here in Australia, man. Like it's like quiet, and then just goes bam, like it, yeah, insane. So yeah, yeah, get, get that. You gotta you gotta hibernate and eat your potatoes and get, <laughs> carb up. You know, get ready to get out there in the pit. That's it. That's right. My name's Nev anyway, Trevor. It's good to actually uh, talk to you. Uh, well, I've met you once or twice okay. in the past, very very okay. briefly. One one was uh, the Coolangatta Hotel back in like 2007, I think it was. It oh, was wow. Secret Chiefs 3 gig. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a fun tour. Man, that was like one of the best shows I've ever seen in my life. Like, oh, right on. Man. Loved man, it. Man, you should see the Secret Chiefs now. Trey's got a whole, I mean, he's got a whole other thing going on. That was That was like the baby. That was the first you know, tour that band and that, and that was the only version of that band like that. And he's, he's kind of taken it to a whole nother level now. Oh, really? So what you guys yeah, yeah. cooking up? I'm, I'm not sure what he's, what he's been. I mean, I don't think they've played in a couple of years, you know, but yeah. uh, I don't know if you've seen them in the past few years, but uh, um, they, I doubt they've been to, I don't know if they've been to back to Australia, but. No. He's done. I've seen him a couple times in in the states, you know, and he's it's great. He's got all a couple different versions of the band, and and they're all they all totally kick ass, and and it's like musically, he's on another level. Yeah, awesome man, awesome. But uh, of course, uh, you've just released your uh, new album, which is uh, Seances by the it's uh, the, the trio trio convulsed. Try, exactly. done, yeah, see, I, I'm struggling this morning. Sorry, bro. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's it's the first new album for the project in like two decades. Yeah, yeah. Took you know, people have been asking me why is it taking so long. I'm like, well, I've been kind of busy, you know. And I I went back, actually looked at my discography that I have online, and I thought, oh yeah, I made like 50 records in that time. Yeah. Well, I didn't make them myself, but I played on 50 records. You know, some of some of which are records that I made. You know, but um. Yeah, I mean, you know, I guess that's what happens when you play different kinds of music and different bands and stuff. It just takes longer to to uh, to cycle around. Man, what what made it right now the right time to to revisit that project? I'm not sure. It's something I've been thinking about for for a while. Um, in fact, in 2015, I I wrote. I mean, I'd been thinking about it 
already at that point and I wrote a bunch of new music um, for the trio convulsion with a string quartet. And then I discarded that music because I just didn't like what I wrote. I, you know, I just, once I heard it back and, and Oh man, that's I tough. Just, I just re yeah, it is tough, but I realized like, wait a minute, what am I doing here? I kind of lost focus and I need to, I need to take a step back and what do I really want to present? What am I trying to say with this new version? You know? And, and then <clears throat> I started sketching pieces together and, and putting a few ideas together here and there and then you know then basically sometime during lockdown in 2020 i really started to come together you know when i had the time and and focus for it because it's quite complex like i don't i don't know how you even begin to write something like that like what what's where does it start dude it usually starts with a one idea, you know, one small idea and, and, and like a melody or a baseline or something. And, and, um, you know, there's, for instance, there's this, this tune, uh, the asylum's guilt, which mm. the first thing I wrote in that was the baseline. And the whole baseline is, is based on the interval of a fifth. It's just like these parallel fifths moving all over the place in different, you know, between different intervals, but it's, but it's fifths moving around, you know, and I just wrote this thing on bass and I liked it. And then um, I thought, well, what's going to go over the top of that, you know? And so <clears throat> probably in the case of that, I, I'm not, I don't recall exactly, but I probably recorded the bass part in, in Logic and then sat down with a guitar and tried to figure out what I wanted to do on top of it, you know? And then, so then I've got a melody and then maybe I'll add some accompaniment to that. And, um, you know, there you go. And then, and then, then I think, well, now it needs a B section. So I got to write, I want to write a similar baseline, but maybe moving in a different pattern. And so, yeah, you just kind of do one step at a time and, and, you know, you kind of stack things, uh, um, um, horizontally, you know, kind of write linear and then stack horizontal. So, um, yeah, it takes, <laughs> it takes time. I'm not, I'm not a fast writer, you know, and, and I get really picky with my own stuff too. So I end up, I end up like, you know, sweating over a couple of notes like all for all day long. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's you, we're our own worst uh, critic too. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. I, as I've gotten older, I've tried to be less critical and try to write more intuitively and 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 purposefully um, quicker, so that so that I'm not stopping myself and and you know saying like oh wait that's a bad idea i'm just trying to like i mean one exercise i do sometimes is is just write a melody just write a melody just don't think about it you know i might give myself limits i might say write a melody in seven eight or in this within scale or you know um i might give myself a couple minor boundaries or something but then just do it and not think about it and then move on to the next one. And next thing you know, I've got a book of melodies and some I like and some I don't. Do you have like a hard drive just filled with ideas? Are you one of those guys that just... Mostly scraps of paper, like literally. Oh, wow. Like, yeah, there's like, I got my blur thing on. But yeah, there's like, <laughs> yeah literally right in front of me, there's piles of paper. And then I have a music stand with more piles of paper. and Because I, I like to write by hand and... um. Uh, but yeah, then sometimes I record stuff. So I've got yeah. stuff in logic, you know, stored away ideas. And yeah. Seems like it's a bit of a lost art these days, though. People like writing out 
music notes and, and I think stuff. I think it is. I mean, yeah, I never I never got into like Sibelius or any of that kind of mm. um software that you know, manuscript software, but partly because I just like I've always been into drawing since I was a kid and, and, you know, using pencils and I just, I, to me, it's part of the process, you know, and, and um, I can, I can lay things out in a way that I'm comfortable with that way. And, and whereas, you know, with learning the new software, it's, it's a whole nother language you got to learn and it's time consuming and I already know how to use a pencil. So yeah. <laughs> that's it. And, I, and then when I, I actually write out charts for the musicians, I handwrite them in with ink, but I use a calligraphy pen and I make sure it's really neat. And I try to, you know, and that's, I love doing that too. Cause once the music's written and then I just need to organize it into charts, I can put on some music and listen and, you know, get out my calligraphy pen and it's kind of meditative, you know? It's awesome. Cause it's, it's a bit of a lost art. And I guess handing that to someone it'd be a little bit more significant as well you know a physical people, piece people seem to appreciate the 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 handwritten stuff you know but also you know i had a, i wrote some music for a piano player a few years ago and she wanted it all she puts it all in her um ipad you know mm. so it's all digital so i actually had to pay someone to um to uh um what do they call it now i'm blanking on the word but there's a when when a when someone uh, they takes handwritten music and, and puts it into a into software like that, you know, um, makes it look all, all professional. You know, she wanted it that way. She didn't want handwritten. So, you know, that's cool. just take pictures, take scans. <laughs> just scan yeah, it and go, exactly. yeah. That's yeah. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, mate, you've got Mary Halverson. Is that yeah. right? And, and Ches Smith, um, yeah. who long-term with the project as well. How yeah. did you just call them up and go, it's 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 time <laughs> pretty much i mean i mean um you know when i i talk to them you know i talk to both of them pretty regularly and i just say hey i'm working on some new music and of course they're like man say you know let us know say the word and then and then i added this chamber quartet to it so i had to get all those people together and wow. everyone is super busy so i had to book that way in advance you know once i mean i always i always like I like to write the music and finish it and have it, you know, and then say like, okay, now I got want to book a rehearsal. And then of course, everyone's like, well, I'm busy until, you know, you know, uh, July of next year. I'm like, great. Okay. You know, then I, then I have to start making a chart of everyone's schedules and which is, that's the worst part about being a musician. But, uh, but yeah, so it took a while, you know, we, so we recorded in January and then we just did the record release show uh, a couple nights ago. How was that? That would that was that it, cool? It was great. It went uh, swimmingly. That's what you want. That's awesome, man. So good to hear because it's such a cool record, man. I was at work. Thank you, thank today. you. Yeah, I was really really happy with the turnout, and um, we you know it was only the second time we played it live. We played it the first time the night before in Philadelphia, and yeah, it's not easy music to get together. I mean, they're all amazing musicians, um, but you know they're still. We, you know, you have to cue stuff live. There's, there's some interplay there. That's not, even if you're really good, it's not always easy to, to uh, pinpoint. How's it w with recording it though? It, you know, you've, you've written it all out. You finished it. Is there room to move when you go and, and record it? Like does much change? Not a lot. I mean, there's, there's, there, there was a couple things where I took music, the musicians um, suggestions to make, the music flow a little bit better mm -hmm. um um but 
like for the stuff that's written, not a lot changed really. Um, and then there's free improvisation, basically. There's a lot of written, like strictly notated stuff, and then there's total freedom. So um, the free stuff was, I kind of just left it up to the players, you know, I didn't have a lot, I wanted them to express themselves, you know, and do what they, you know, I, I had suggestions sometimes, maybe this should be in this kind of vibe or, you know, don't feel like you have to play a jazz solo. You can do anything. Really, I, I like the idea of really being super open, you know. So, but those tunes were essentially like live recordings. I mean, we put the drum, drums, bass, and guitar were all isolated. And then the, the chamber quartet was in the in one room together. And then we just, you know, did a few takes of each tune. And, and it took us, I guess, three days. And I did end up, editing a couple things like there was one section from one take that was better and so i spliced those together you know um but yeah that's kind of there's so much interplay in that music it's kind of the only way to do it you know you know oh, it's gonna sound robotic if you overdub everything yes that's true and that's the thing it sounds very free and very yeah oh, man it's as i said i was i was at work yesterday like just letting it just take me Take nice. me away. The next minute, I'm like, with the last uh, three hours go. <laughs> it was like, it's crazy. crazy. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I love it, man. It's so good. But you started a, a, your own label during the pandemic. I did. Yeah. yeah it's, it's a micro label, I call it. It's a micro DIY label. Um, <clears throat> I'm basically only putting out stuff that I'm directly involved in. <laughs> and it's basically a just a home for you know, the, the, the way the label industry has become with, especially with this kind of music with like obscure and, you know, not super popular music. It's essentially people are just putting stuff out on Bandcamp. So I just decided why not, I'll just start my own brand, you know, I'll come up with a logo. Um, I got incorporated, Riverworms and incorporated business now. And, but it's very, you know, I'm just, um any money that i make from it i just cycle back in to help pay for the next thing and and you know um uh i'm not i don't want to make a big deal out of it because it's i can tell already with a few things that i put out it's it's more work than i would want you know it's a yeah. lot of trips to the post office oh yeah 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 yesterday i went to the post office i think i had 10 domestic packages and like two or three international ones and man i could hear the line behind me growing and people like breathe you know sighing and vibing me you know i'm like damn i'm just trying to run a business here man <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah mate i i have to go daily to the post office and i see it all the time there's that one always that one person with that big crate and oh, then yeah. you see everyone just going ah. but you know yeah. you gotta understand it's the game you know yeah yeah you order stuff on uh you know, Amazon Prime, you know, someone's got to go package that up and get in a truck and drive, you know, That's and, right. and get, in the, get in the, make cause more traffic and all that stuff. So you're, you're, everyone's part of the problem. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> you out there, you're part of my postage problem. Not That's right. Trevizor. You all are. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and then, of course, you know, you've got people saying like, you know, you know, Bungle, Mr. Bungle, we, we, we sold an NFT last year, you know, and a lot of people were up in arms. They're outraged at how much because of the carbon footprint that NFTs create. But then I'm constantly, whenever I post that I'm playing in New York, people say, 
come down to South America, come up to Canada, come over to Italy. Well, you know how I would have to get there? I'd have to get in an airplane, you know, and et cetera, et cetera. So I don't know, man. Everyone's a hypocrite. Everyone's it's wrong. crazy. It's crazy, man. Don't even yeah. get me started on that shit. Like, <laughs> it's just, yeah. yeah. But um, yeah. you got a, you did get a grant for to help with with the the record as well. Is that right? I did. I, yeah, actually, I got a grant. The grant I got paid for uh, this new trio convulsant record and the Sperm Church record, which is the first uh, CD yeah. on my label. Um, and yeah, it was uh, it was amazing to basically I got this money that I could to spend, you know, to pay for the recording session, to pay all the musicians, to pay their lunches, you know, during rehearsal, I even pay them for rehearsal. I never got to do that before. It's amazing. It feels great. It's like, man, thanks for the rehearsing. Here's some money. Like, you know, I think people appreciate that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like, cause here's the thing. People seem to think that because you're, if you're a musician for a living, that it's just, you open the door and it's just raining money, you know, and that, and yeah, just it, make themselves and they just appear online, you know? Yeah, it baffles me what people where people think the money is coming from, you know, and or, you know, for instance, you know, if you go backstage, if you go to a rock show and you go backstage, let's say, you know, the band, you go backstage and there's all this food back there. There's, you know, there's like sandwich meat and chips and beers and stuff. And you're like, man, it's so great. You guys get all this stuff, you know, but do you know that the band actually pays for that right? <laughs> people don't realize that like it comes out of the money that the club that the that i mean it's coming from the audience paying their tickets and sometimes yeah. uh um sometimes there's some funding with a venue that they can pay you more or whatever but the band is paying for that stuff it's not free so when you come in into someone's a band's dressing room and start drinking their beers just you know you're stealing from them yeah, that's right. It's as bad as downloading music. Don't do that. Exactly. Yeah. 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 No. <laughs> but, you know, whatever. I don't expect it's kind of a weird uh, hidden world anyway, you know, so I don't expect everyone to understand it. I I mean, I barely understand it. I've been doing it for 40 years. <laughs> yeah, man. You, that And that's a crazy thing, dude. You don't look like you've been doing it for 40 years. I don't oh. know what your secret is, bro. But <laughs> it's crazy. Oh. I'm sworn to secrecy. Ah, uh, yeah, <laughs> vampirism. But um, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, you've you've actually talking about all those albums you did before. You've done a lot with John Zorn. Yeah, yeah. a lot. <laughs> yeah, I moved to New York in 2020, uh, in 2000, and um, you know, 22 years ago, and. I, I mean, he immediately started hiring me for stuff, you know, um, which is great. I mean, he. You know, I met him during the first Mr. Bungle recording yeah, and yeah. We asked him to help us mix it. And, um, you know, basically he started hiring all of us like right away. So, you know, when I, I was considering moving to New York, he was very encouraging about that. And I've been working with him ever since. I've been probably making at least one record a year with him, you know, so. It's been good. Insane, dude. <laughs> you look yeah. at him slack. And you're you're along for the ride, man. I love seeing it. It's it's, <laughs> it's so cool. Like, how, how is it working with him creatively? Uh, it's great. It's it's usually pretty intense. You know, he's a very focused guy. When when he's when he's honed in on one thing, it's like it's he's a hundred percent. You know, a lot of times he doesn't he won't stop to eat lunch during a recording session. And I mean, when I first met him, he kind of he was 
never really gave anyone breaks, you know, but then he kind of realized that at certain points, like, man, some people, they need to eat, you know, they need to get their blood sugar back up, you know, and, and I'm one of those people, like, I can't, you know, if I, if I'm in the middle of recording halfway through the day, I start to crash, you know, so, yeah, yeah. Um, but, um, but he's, you know, he's very encouraging. He's very um, open to, you know, if he writes something that might not be working, he's open to collaborate, you know, having people give ideas, you know, and, but he's, but he's very, he's intense because he's, he's always pushing every musician to play their best. And, and if you, if he gives you something really difficult and you to play and you learn it and you nail it, probably the next time he's going to write something harder. He's going to keep pushing you, you know, so it's dangerous actually to learn his music. <laughs> what, what, do, what do you think you've, you've learned personally from that? You know, he's pushed you to, to places as a musician obviously that he's I, I think zorn is really good at like pairing combinations pairing different musicians together and and, mm. and um you know he fancies himself an alchemist in that way and i think there's something to be said for that you know he's really good at that and just the, just the way the dynamic that he that he treats is you know in the world that where he treats his musicians and works with them you know i've learned a lot just from just being on the sidelines of that and of course, uh, I, I do have to ask about Bungle. I am a very big Bungle fan, like from right when I was a little dude. <laughs> I, I can tell by the weird stuff in the background. Oh yeah, I'm I'm one of those weirdos. Um, <laughs> I'm like I call it my miracle room because I'm a I'm like the forty year old virgin who's got kids. So oh yeah, right. The miracle room, you know. But um, obviously, you know that band is has been so important for so many people. And you've worked with Patton like on so many different projects. Like, what's what's that working relationship now with with Mike? Well, you know, the last thing we did together was the was the Raging Wrath um, that we recorded uh, in right at the beginning of lockdown, essentially. Um, and it was a blast, man, being in the studio again with with Mike and Trey. You know, after years of not working together, there was definitely like a um, we were definitely more patient with each other and more um, there was more kind of empathy and I mean, we've all matured a little bit, you know, so we're not in there just like being brats to each other and, and being passive aggressive and all the stuff, which, you know, you know, I don't know, as a, as a young musician, you know, you don't like, no one teaches you how to negotiate situations. You know, if someone writes a song and they come in and they want it done a certain way, you know, we kind of learned how to do that together with each other. And then the, step away for 20 years and then come back with what we've learned individually. It was, it was great. It was a great feeling. It was really fun. And, um, you know, yeah, we had, we had a blast. Cause man, Australia and Bungle have, have like, first oh, yeah. I remember why it's so important down here. Like you, yeah, you, it's you a, it's so many relationship, man, Mr. Bungle in Australia. <laughs> I just missed Bungle, but, that much by like uh, months, man, because I wasn't eighteen. I remember uh, seeing the poster, and um, it broke my my heart, dude. <laughs> when you played, okay, I had friends that were just eighteen. I went and they were like, "That was the greatest thing I've ever seen in my life." So <laughs> I was like, "Ah." So I guess I I hope to see you down here at some point. Is there is there talks? I mean, we're we're going to South America in December, and you know we're just going to see how it goes because we haven't played in a while, and you know, um, 
you know, there's some, there's some health issues on the line, you know, so we kind of have to be patient with it and see how it goes. Um, but yeah, eventually, ideally it'd be great. You know, I'd love to play down there again. You know, that would be, uh, I, I wonder if we'd make it out alive, man, probably the, the way the people, how fanatic they are down there. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. It's, it's nuts. It's nuts. Yeah. Actually, I was going to ask you because I do know someone who, who wants to swing an offer. A serious one. Oh, oh. I thought you were going to say they want to swing like an axe and. Oh no, no, they chase you down the street, going, "Oh, well, we'll sign the axe." Um, no, no. No, someone wants to kill you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So come on down. Um, yeah. <laughs> um yeah, that's a that's a serious question. I might ask you. We'll edit out. But uh, <laughs> of course, I mean, I think. Look, there's a lot of bands that owe you. Uh, definitely props and some money, especially when it comes to the mask thing. There's there's certain bands out there I won't mention that definitely have drawn influence from from your writing and visually from the early days. I mean, what's your thoughts on that? Do you get told that a fair bit? I've been told that. Yeah, I mean, one thing that occurs to me is that you know we were not the first band to wear masks. You know, um, I mean, I was heavily influenced by Kiss when I was younger. Kiss was one of the bands that I the reasons I started playing rock music, you know, mm. when I was 13. Um, so I, it's not like we can claim any uh, ownership over wearing, and you know, it's obviously it's happened before with like bands like the residents or um, I don't know, there's, there's a lot of bands that have done that, but uh, yeah, I mean, it definitely blossomed maybe after we started doing it, but I mean, we were just, you know, picking up Halloween masks from the store and, and it was just a way to kind of like, uh, it was a way to sort of like, um, counter, counter the seriousness of being a rock musician on stage, you know, especially if, when we were playing metal at the beginning, mm -hmm. you know, it was kind of a way to sort of, um, like, you know, take some of the seriousness out of it, you know, and have a sense of the humor. Um, and also a sense of anonymity, which was great during the first tour. No one, no one knew who I was. It was amazing. <laughs> now everybody knows. Yeah. <laughs> Eventually, I had to take the mask off. Man, but I mean, you know, it's such a bungle is such a a ride musically. And, you know, and I listened back to those albums even recently, and just how incredibly written they are. Like, yeah. thank you. I mean, we, you know. We might have taken ourselves less seriously on stage, but we took we always took the music very seriously, and it was you know we 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 wrote seriously and we had specific ideas and we tried to execute them and make them sound as cool and interesting as possible, you know, and and you know because we were all listening to all kinds of music and that you know that influenced us and we wanted we wanted to achieve that kind of greatness, you know. I don't know if we ever did, but you know. That's that's part of being a musician. You learn you learn to love music at an early age. It captures you in some way, and then you just want to do that. You just want to keep the cycle going. And the heaviness as well. I mean, you guys really seem to be leaned back into the heavy. Like, yeah. I mean, we were. You know, we grew up in the eighties. You know, we were full on metalheads. You know, I, I I dressed like Cliff Burton back then. I had like denim denim jacket and blue jeans and black metal black shirt with a band logo on it you know and you know we were living it so it is there more bungle on the way you guys been writing behind the scenes a little bit 
No, we haven't been writing. There's no, there's no plans for any recordings. I mean, we, we have this run of shows in December and that's, that's it for, you know, right. um, now, I mean, it would be cool to get back in the studio with those guys, but that's, that's a whole nother chapter that we haven't even considered yet. Oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll have, we'll be waiting. Anytime we'll be waiting, man. There'll be the guy with the ax. There'll right. be, <laughs> there'll be, and there'll be me. Um, but yeah, you know, yeah. We're, but what else you got coming up right like um got some new um music. well i you know i just did this record release of the trio convulsant um mm -hmm. that was on friday um you know my trio septet um and so that was there was a lot of planning and rehearsing for that and so that was a big thing so the last couple of days i've been kind of chilling and um i have a i have uh like two kind of small improv gigs in New York coming up. Um, I've been playing with this uh, violin player, Sana Nagano. We're doing an improv gig and then I'm in, I play sometimes at this place, New Blue, um, with Ilhan Urshahin, this saxophone player and a drummer. And um, so nothing, you know, the next big thing is the is Bungle in South America. Mm -hmm. And then I'm actually kind of taking some time off. I'm gonna spend some time uh, in the forest writing music essentially for a couple months from the beginning of the year yeah awesome have you got like somewhere that you go to to write i haven't i haven't done this before but i am i'm gonna be spending some time with some with family in in uh, northern california awesome. and um and yeah i'm not even 100 percent sure what i'm gonna write yet i have to make a list so so that i don't get lost in the vagueness but uh, i i need to i need to go there with a plan so um i have, I have to start thinking about that soon forest obscure black metal record maybe i'm, I'm uh, thinking probably more along the lines of another trio convulsant um awesome. already yeah, yeah. <laughs> or some maybe another string quartet or something like that but yeah yeah awesome man awesome well i can't wait to hear what you do next that's for sure cool, but uh cool. trevor thanks so much for hanging out on the show man it's been yeah, of course. awesome of course. thanks for the support man really appreciate it yeah that's all right i'll have all the links down here and uh go get it people and no axes at shows. Um, yeah, cool. It'd be just cool to see you down here, anyway. So yeah, yeah, I'd love to get back down there. I need to. I haven't. I haven't been to Healesville Sanctuary to see my platypuses lately. I used to belong to this organization called Friends of the Platypus, and I'd get a newsletter every month um, about updates on the platypus and how's it, how it's going down there with them, you know. And and um, and through them, I was able to go. I, I was never able to do the full experience, but you know, I wanted to, I could go to like the, the, the platypusery or whatever it's called. And like, you know, you go out into the lake and you catch them and tag them, take them back to the lab and weigh them and all that stuff. Like it, you can volunteer to do stuff like that. I would love to do something like that. It'd be amazing. Man, when, whenever you come down here, whenever that will, I'll see if I can work something out with, with awesome. the, my, my mate, the zoo. Cause he's, cool. he's, he's in with all the animals. Right on. Yeah. That'd be That's cool. The place to do it, man. Australia, you guys got all the weird stuff. We do, and especially where I live. I live on the northern Gold Coast, and yeah. it's getting into the hot season now. And oh, yeah. and we are getting like eastern browns. You know, an eastern brown snake is like one of the most oh deadly. god, super poisonous. Mate, the, it'll fuck up your life. <laughs> and they are, <laughs> they are like the ones they're catching now are like thick. Whoa, thick in my area, man. They're like. Yeah, it's pretty hectic. So just don't crazy. come to where I live. So <laughs> Yeah.
<laughs> All right, bro. Well, hey, have a good weekend, man. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, see you, bro. All right. Bye-bye.